Welcome to the Lincoln Baptist Daily Reading Programme. Today is day 199, looking at Amos 3, 4 and 5, Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 28, and then finishing off with Psalm 84. And we first head into Amos. The judgment in its fullness is declared against Israel. They have not followed God, they no longer fear his voice, and they no longer seek to honour him. So the enemy will be given permission to lay waste to their land and their freedom. This is the thing with arrogance. One day it all comes crashing down, and in this case, God would allow it. Yet as promised, there is means of salvation. The people are to look to God, they're to repent, they're to humble themselves and place themselves before God. You see, it's in the hands of God that we see the power to condemn and the power to save. The issue is this people are so arrogant that they will ignore the call to change and they will carry on as they are. Now I have met many people in churches, and that's right, I said in churches, who behave in this way. They behave sinfully, and they are warned through scripture and through pastoral discussions not to behave in that way. They arrogantly argue that it's judgmental to talk about warnings, and it's wrong to be this harsh. Yet here is the truth. God hates sin, and he cannot bear to be near it. If one does not find cover in Christ, then we will take the full brunt of God's wrath. So I would encourage us all, don't sit in arrogance and find yourself outside of the cover of Christ. Instead, be humble and repent from your sin. Live a life worthy of the one whose righteousness has saved you, so that you be found in Christ rather than working against Christ. We now head into Matthew's Gospel and we get to the serious end of the ministry of Jesus. Why is he on earth? To answer this question, we need to answer the question of who is Jesus? You see, some thought he was a prophet, a good teacher, or even somehow he was John the Baptist come back to life. And in some senses, all these things were true. Jesus did speak for God, he did teach the scriptures, and he did preach the message of John. But that is not who Jesus is, that is what he did. Notice how Jesus asked the disciples directly, If that is who the world thinks I am, who do you think I am? And notice the response, Jesus is the son of the living God. We can say at the very least, the disciples were beginning to understand that Jesus was more than anyone else. He was clearly a special individual. However, we recognise in the verses that come after that the disciples struggled to grasp what this meant. For if Jesus was the son of the living God, surely this meant victory and power. Yet Jesus here is declaring that he will suffer, he will die, and then he will be raised again from death to life. The concept of your leader predicting their death was alien to the disciples. But here is Jesus saying he is the Messiah, but not the Messiah that the people thought he was. He hadn't come to conquer the politicians, but he came come to wage war on sin and death. And so if we follow Jesus, we follow in his steps. We're not seeking power or prestige. We seek to pick up our cross, to pick up this life and to live it for the sake of the gospel. We're to leave everything behind just as Jesus did for the sake of Jesus. Nothing should be more precious to us than the gospel of Jesus Christ himself. The question I find myself asking, though, is whether this is true in my life. Would I genuinely trade all for the sake of Christ? Would I lovingly devote myself to him over anything else in my life? Discipleship with Jesus demands these things, and Jesus commands it in this passage that we are to pick up our cross and to follow him for the sake of the gospel. Finally, we have Psalm 84. The people of God were required to go to Jerusalem and the temple to offer sacrifices and yearly worship. 
It seems that the writer of this psalm is unable to go. However, it's very clear the desire to go is there. The psalmist recognises the beauty of being in the presence of God, the wonder that is worshipping the Creator and the feeling of home when he is in his courts. And notice verse 10, there's nothing as sweet as spending a day in the presence of God in the meeting place of his people. As I think on this psalm, I think upon the return to our buildings after having them closed during COVID-19. How sweet it will be to join together as the family of God and worship him. Yet post-Christ we can enjoy the courts of God every day. For God does not dwell in the temple, but in the hearts of those who follow him. We like a building, we like joining together, but we don't need it to experience the joy that the psalmist talks about. Today, wherever you are, pause for a moment and think upon the presence of God with you now. Is it not sweet? Is it not full of joy to know that God is with you? Let's pray. Father, in this moment, we know that you are present with us. We know as followers in Christ that we can enjoy the presence of our Heavenly Father and of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that in the Spirit, you would help us know your presence each day and each moment of each day. Father, help us pick up our cross. Help us live for you through the power of Christ in our lives right now. Father, we pray that we would look upon Jesus as the Messiah, not the one that would fight politicians, but the one that has defeated sin and death. And Father, we pray that as a people, as an individual, we would not live arrogantly, but we would live humbly. We pray this in your precious name. Amen.